0: Magic means fun, playfulness, wonder, mystery. There's also the magic of the power of our minds and our beliefs. The craft of magic brings out the magic in real life. Magic is manifestation. Magic is making dreams come true. Magic is
1: doing what we love, all the miracles that happen in everyday life. Welcome to the Women in Magic podcast, where we explore the meaning of magic in a brand new way. Through awesome interviews with amazing guests, we'll do a glittery deep dive into the topics of magic, mentalism, performance, creativity, spirituality, intuition, and entertainment to peel back the curtain and look at the power and role that magic plays in all of our lives through shining the spotlight on incredible magicians and masters of their craft across the world, together we'll feel completely inspired by their insightful lessons, hilarious stories and wild adventures. Thank you for joining me on this magical journey. Joining me this week is the incredibly talented and very magical Stacy Stardust. From fire-eating and circus dancing to magic mentalism and stage illusions, Stacy Stardust has a wild and unique variety of entertainment offerings that truly sets her apart. Living in the heart of the action Las Vegas, Stacy is a premium entertainer who not only performs, but also produces and hosts a one-of-a-kind open mic variety show called Secret Circus, which allows everyone from seasoned performers to first-timers to showcase their brand-new acts in the entertainment category capital of the world. Stacey, thank you so much for joining me straight from Vegas. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi. I want to start with a a beautiful, big, bold, shiny question. What does magic mean to you? Mm, Magic to me
0: means fun, playfulness, wonder, mystery. There's a lot of meaning to magic. For me, there's also the magic of the power of our minds and our beliefs and the craft of magic kind of brings out the magic in real life. So magic is kind of, you know, manifestation magic is making dreams come true. Magic is doing what we love and all the miracles that happen in everyday life. And then when we're doing or performing magic, it's showing Are reminding us what's capable or what
1: the magic that we have in real life. I love that answer so much. Okay, so you're using magic as a doorway to remind people of the magic that we all have.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I love that. So you spoke about the power of manifestation. How much do you believe that everything happens for a reason? And how much of your career are you actually manifesting versus living in Vegas and it sort of happening around you?
0: Well, I don't think anything just happens. But yeah, the power of manifestation is so real and I definitely believe that everything happens for a reason. Everything. It's crazy cuz my journey with magic happened when I broke my leg. I broke my leg and I'm like, what am I going to do? I just turned 30. What can I do? I'm old. I'm, you know, I can't walk or do anything for a couple months. I'm very fidgety, high energy. What am I going to work on? And so I don't think that was a mistake. I think that that was meant to happen to put me on the path of magic.
1: Yeah. So back to what you said about using magic as a mindset. When you create magic for people, how often do you see that door open for them to another world that they can actually choose to live in? So I'm
0: still working on creating a larger show. So my dream show. Yeah. Is going to be all about the magic in everyday lives and tying in, you know, my name is Stardust. And so the fact that we're all made of Stardust, we're all, we all have the same human experience and we all have gone through trauma and have gone through so much turmoil. And so it's about getting out of that and finding your magic again and believing in your magic and. I already forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's okay. That's um, okay. You got lot. You got lost in the magic. It was beautiful. So right, right. <laughs> you had an injury, and then you discovered magic. And was it like, oh my god, where has this been all my life, or was it like, uh, I've got to do this because it's the only thing I can do while seated? How did it start? <laughs> I've been around magic for
0: years. I dated a magician for like nine years, but I never got into magic. I didn't want to know how we did stuff. And I didn't want to learn it myself. I was just supportive and along for the ride. And then we broke up. And when my leg broke a couple years later, you know, I had a bunch of magicians who were friends of mine from the community. And so I had seen so much magic. And I had reached out to one of my friends who was a magician and said, Hey, can you come over and teach me some card tricks? Because I am not going anywhere right now. And he came over and taught me a couple of things. And at the time, you know, it was a really hard point in my life. I had just gotten out of a nine-year relationship. I didn't really know what my passion was. I was about to turn 30. And it was just such a turning point in my life. And he came over, taught me some tricks. And I started performing for my roommates. And then when my legs started to heal... I went down to Fremont Street, downtown Vegas, and I started street performing. But when I first first started was also during the pandemic. And so there was nobody really out there to perform for. And a lot of people were just hesitant to talk to strangers and to touch things from strangers. But I did it anyways. I just thought, I like, whatever, I'm going to go out there. It is what it is and at the time i only knew like two card tricks and so i went out there and one of the card tricks i did was a whole piece about stardust how we're connected holding on to your dreams and i had somebody you know pick a card and i wanted them to focus on a wish that they had and something that they really wanted to have come true and then you know i found the card and the card transformed and there was this whole with a little smiley star on it. And then I popped the sticker off, an actual star fell in their hand. And it was a little necklace charm that I gave away. And I was like, this is my gift for you to help make your dream come true. And at the time, people really needed something to hold on to. They needed hope. They needed magic. And so I was getting hugs. People were crying. It was such a beautiful, beautiful experience. And sharing my magic in that way.
1: Yeah, wow. That's amazing. So what do you love the most about magic and magical experiences that you create? Well,
0: I love that magic can be whatever you want it to be. And I got that experience because I was going through such a hard time. When I first started, I was using comedy to kind of get myself through the hard time. And one thing I did was when I first started, I wanted all of my magic to be themed to bananas. So every <laughs> trick, uh,
1: as, I would, um, as you, as you do, <laughs>
0: if you ever need to know any banana material, I got you. But yeah, I just did a bunch of research, reached out to all my friends said, Hey, what kind of banana magic do you know? I started calling myself the banana chick And it was wild. I started putting together like an act for AGT with bananas. And I'm like, I'm going to do Ellen. This is going to be crazy. I just kind of became this obsessed banana themed girl. And it was kind of fun because every time somebody thought of or saw a banana, they thought of me, which was great branding. But then, you know, I kind (laughs) of got away from that and, and... started to heal and see there's more to magic than just bananas so (laughs)
1: what I learned there's more to magic than just bananas but,
0: but what I learned in a process is that you can theme magic to anything you want you can make magic anything you want so magic I feel for me is an extension of my personality so when I'm performing my magic it's just me at a more elevated rate sharing my magic So everything I do is kind of off the cuff and fun and playful, and it has my energy into it. And it's me. And I think that's what makes the Best Performers and is the most entertaining to watch. Instead of somebody just reading off a script. Oh, uh, you know, my Uncle Sam gave me this deck when I was just a lad. And here is the... Just like long, thought out stories. They're <laughs> like, that's not true. And I'm kind of bored. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, magic for me is whatever I want it to
1: be. And it's fun and playful. I love that. Brilliant. Now, you are a circus performer and a dancer and a pyromancer. How does all of this fit in your magic? It doesn't. It doesn't. So. Like my main source of income is I do
0: close up magic. So, corporate parties, private events. I do lots of bachelor parties here in Vegas, which is super fun. But in my stage show, unfortunately, the show that I have here, my monthly show, I can't have fire in my show. I'm looking at a couple other venues, but my dream show, or I've done a couple of shows recently where I was able to do fire. You know, like David Blaine kind of mixes everything. He's got his sideshow, he's got his magic and he's got just his stunts and you don't know what's real, what's fake. He kind of blends them, which I think is really cool. And that's kind of what I do with my magic. So I'll I'll do certain things that are magic, but they look like sideshow and then I'll do actual sideshow. So it's kind of more of a, I guess, variety show. I'll usually start or end with a fire eating and then go into the magic. But for me, it's not a magic show. It's Stacey Stardust show, and she happens to do some magic in the show.
1: Yeah. And okay, eating She's- fire, I got to ask. It looks terrifying. What level of confidence do you need to get to the point where you're about to put fire in your mouth?
0: It's all just about having proper training. It's something that if you know how it works, and you know how it's done, and you're taught the correct way, then you're fine. The risk is really high if you don't know what you're doing. Because the worst thing that can happen when you're fire eating is if you get scared and you go, and you inhale, that's the worst thing that can happen. But if you're calm, you don't inhale, and you do it the correct way, you're perfectly fine. So it's like the risk is really high if you get scared or you don't know what you're doing. But if you're trained professional... The eating part is very basic, but some of the other stuff, like the vapor tricks and all that, there's always something that can go wrong. You know, there's so many protocols like you don't want to have hairspray in your hair. You don't want to have like plastic clothing that can melt to your skin. And it's all about just knowing the proper techniques. So yeah, just being trained by a professional and I'm just very confident in my skills. But even if you're confident, you know. Have you ever hit yourself? Uh, not really with fire eating. I mean, I've gotten some like small burns, but nothing major. <laughs> but I've known a okay. lot of horror stories. I saw recently somebody in the community. She was doing some vapor tricks. She had a custom made vapor wand that had different pool systems on it. And... Basically, she right, got third, second, and first degree burns all over her face and she had to get skin grafts. Oh, my god! So there's a lot of risk in it. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people who train professionally the fire
1: vapor tricks. So it's kind of a, a niche. Learn as you go or don't. Only learn from a professional is what I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So in Vegas, everyone has an entertainment mindset. So does this make the scope of magic that you perform way greater? Like, does it open the possibilities more because everyone is ready for entertainment?
0: Yes, everyone's ready for entertainment, but there's also a lot of entertainers and a lot of entertainment to choose from. So the competition here is larger than anywhere else in the world. So it's kind of... An interesting balance. There are a lot of people looking to hire magicians, but there's often a million magicians looking for that job, which kind of messes with the market and kind of messes with you know people lowball because they want to get that gig. But yeah, it's it's oversaturated for sure. Some magicians come out here and they're like, "Yeah, I'm going to move to Vegas and follow my dreams," and it's like,
1: "Oh wait, every other magician is already here." thing. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you are a magician living in Vegas, which does it is the dream. It sounds like the dream. What is the experience like in reality?
0: It's nice. There's lots of trade shows here and there's lots of bachelor parties and bachelorette parties and a lot of places that do hire magicians, which is really cool. And my show, what's great about it for me is that I'm not marketing to tourists. I don't have a big show in a casino and I'm not competing with Chris Angel and David Copperfield. I have my show, which is geared towards locals. It's in the arts district. It's near Fremont Street, downtown Vegas. And so for that, it's kind of perfect. I think I'm honing in on what is best for me and what works for me with what I have.
1: And... I think I've got it dialed in now. So it's it's treating me good now. Amazing. So you started in 2020. Okay, know How much time do you spend learning versus mastering? What's your, what's your balance of ratio of, oh my God, I want to inhale this versus share this?
0: Yeah. So luckily with my show, it's not just my show. It's kind of a variety arts open mic. The reason I created this show is because I wanted and needed stage time to practice new acts or to try new things. And so I thought, what if I created the opportunity for myself and all the other entertainers in Las Vegas? So I was doing it twice a month. I just switched it to once a month because producing a whole new show every other week was just... I got burnt out. And so now what's nice is every single show, I always put in a new act. So I always am creating a new act or putting something together, learning something, at least one new stage piece once a month, which is cool. And then for close-up, basically how I kind of work on learning or figuring out what I want to learn new stuff, I give myself deadlines. So for example, before the first paid gig I ever did, it was two weeks away. So I said yes to this bachelor party. I'm like, okay, I have two weeks to come up with an hour's worth of close-up. And I just spent that whole two weeks learning new material. So I kind of just learn new material as I put deadlines for myself. So I kind of say yes a little bit before I'm ready. I won't say yes to anything. that like, oh, god, I definitely don't have enough time. But I kind of just say yes, and then I make it happen. And I think that's kind of the key to life in general, honestly, especially if you want to follow your dreams. Is say yes a little bit before you're ready because you will make yourself ready. You will have that deadline. You will will learn it and you will make it happen.
1: Yeah, I love that. So back to the stardust aspect, which I absolutely love. So what does it mean to sprinkle stardust and to share stardust? What is that experience like for you? Because obviously there's a lot that can come under that, including spirituality and magic. So I guess where did that come from and what does it mean to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're all made of stardust. And what that means, or what that means to me, is that we all share the same human experience. We all deal with trauma. We've all dealt through abuse. We've all dealt through things in our past that have really affected who we are today in a negative way. And that, you know, we hold on to shame or voices of people who have said things to us that are hurtful and, you know, affect our self-esteem. And so I think it's beautiful in the fact that we all have negative emotions, negative thoughts, negative things, but it's all very powerful in the fact that we're all have the power to overcome them. And I guess thoughts don't necessarily relate to Stardust specifically. Something I've been working on recently is finding deeper meaning within my magic and how to share basically the trauma and things that i have overcome to start following my dreams and yeah basically stardust is the fact that we're all we're all one we're all human and it's beautiful and we're all interconnected and there's so many things that try to disconnect us which is mostly the government and the media and they don't want us to all follow our dreams and not work for them and be vibrant and happy. They want us in panic. They want us to pat against each other. And I hate that.
1: <laughs> How often do you believe that your intention of stardust and magic lands in the way that you want verse just is an entertaining experience for people? When I first started
0: in magic, I was having more meaning in my magic, and it was really beautiful. But right now, I mean, my dream show is going to have that, and that's what I've been kind of thinking about a lot recently is how to add meaning to my magic. I want to create a show where people leave that, like believing in themselves and just having this renewed energy of life and what's possible. But right now, my show is very fun and wild and kinky and whiskey and just kind of playful and it has its own magic because when you go see a show like that you're not thinking about you know your finances or what you have to do tomorrow and all that you're just in this play mode and you're seeing creativity and art and it's a lot of fun and a lot of the close-up stuff I do it's wild and crazy and people scream and run out of the room and all that but it doesn't really tie into stardust or a deeper meaning yet.
1: Okay, but it will. What role does your intuition play in magic? Creating, delivering, sharing, experiencing, stardusting?
0: Well, I think a lot of magic is improv. Well, I mean, just entertainment in general, you have to be able to improv. And so that has a lot to do with your intuition. You have to be able to read an audience and say, okay, I am not going to pick them to participate. They are way too drunk. (laughs) um, Being able to go off the cuff, like if somebody says something to you that's kind of wild or out there, you have to call attention to it and give them a little bit back. You can't just ignore it and let them walk all over you. And it's just, yeah, just kind of reading the crowd and really altering what you do to kind of fit the
1: current audience and get feedback. Are you looking for amazing new magic effects? My friends at Global Magic Shop have an incredible range of hand-picked exclusive products directly from magic creators. These unique magic and mentalism effects, coupled with their huge online catalog, provide the perfect additions to any street magic, stage magic, close-up magic, corporate magic, or party repertoire. Head to globalmagicshop.com.au and use the coupon Jordana for a 10% discount for all new customers. How does being a circus performer and a dancer impact the magical experiences that you create? Like, what do you weave in that makes it different? Because, like, if I was a circus performer, I'd be like, "Would you like to see a card? Would you? Can I? Do you have a moment for a card trick?" And then I just do like a backflip and then like a tumble <laughs> and then I do the effect just because I can. How do you bring it in? <laughs>
0: for me, like, I haven't really brought a lot of that in, to be honest. I've kind of like when I do close up for corporate bachelor parties, it's more of just my fun personality that I bring into it. Like, I'm trying to think to describe my personality. It's just very, like, I guess kind of immature, but in a fun way, kind of like sneaky, like tomboyish too. Like, I love that, but she said kind of jokes and just a little brass, but wild. And so. I think that's kind of what makes me unique is that you can just see my vibrant energy and my personality and I'm wild and I'm not afraid to censor myself. So yeah, just my personality in general sets me apart uh, big time.
1: I love that. I love that. Owning your stardust, what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you first hit the streets in Vegas? in 2020, what's the greatest or hardest or most challenging lesson you've learned over the last couple of years?
0: There's so many little lessons that I've learned. Like being a female, there's a certain balance between being sexy. Like you can't be too sexy or people won't pay attention to the magic. But if you're a little bit sexy, then you're going to get more attention and more people are going to see your stuff and more people are going to be into it. So it's finding that balance with how you appear. So like, I tried, for example, like using black lipstick and, and seeing how people react to that, wearing no lipstick, wearing false eyelashes, not wearing false eyelashes, like wearing baggy clothes, wearing tight fitting clothes and just seeing how people respond. And man, human psychology is so fascinating. Like I noticed a huge difference with wearing you know red lipstick and eyelashes with wearing a more natural look people are a lot more receptive to the natural look if you're too pretty people will not pay attention to your magic they just simply won't they don't care they're like oh yeah but uh where were you born what are you doing tomorrow and it's like can i show you a country they're like maybe later um so can i get your phone number Okay. (laughs) So that's one thing I've learned is appearance, finding that fine line between pretty and too sexy with magic. So that was a big lesson. And then also, I mean, just dealing with people that are too drunk. I've learned to kind of notice how drunk they are and just certain things I've noticed to ask. Like, for example when having somebody choose a card that I'm about to do a prediction for, I specifically say like, are you familiar with playing cards? And then I'll take it even further. You know, there's like clubs, hearts, spades, diamonds, ace through 10, king, queen, jack. There's no 11s of anything. There's no 12s of anything. They're like, okay, cool. (laughs) Because I've done it before without doing that. They're like an 18 of spades. And I was like,
1: this isn't gonna work. Cool, next trick. That's a, that's actually a great choice. I'd love to see an eighteen of spades. I love that. That would
0: have been a great trick. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just certain things that you pick up from doing it. Like that's the only way you can get good at magic is just getting those reps in with lay people and just performing in front of people. And I've finally gotten to the point to where I've done it enough times that there's a lot of things that are just set in nature and. I know to hold things certain ways or to give eye contact at certain times. It's just just so honed now, but it's only learned
1: from practicing. Yeah. Now onto the topic of women in magic, which is what we've just spoken about. What is it like to be a female magician in Vegas where the ratio obviously is heavily male dominated?
0: I mean, I don't think Vegas is different than anywhere else. I haven't noticed a big difference, it's hard to say because I don't know how many gigs male magicians are getting or I don't know if people are turning me away because I'm female. So it's hard to get that feedback. Uh, all I know is the gigs I am getting and it's hard to know like what are people saying behind your back? So it's, I'm curious myself on how I am perceived or how, you know, my leads are being affected by that. Uh, I wish there was a way to kind of figure that out because I don't know.
1: <laughs> and so, okay, having been in magic for <laughs> for three and a half years, when you see that it is mostly a male-dominated industry, what comes to mind as to some of the reasons why it is more male-skewed?
0: Well, I think a big part of it was that for so many years, we only saw males in magic, so we never saw ourselves there. It's kind of like more recently with Disney princesses, like they started making all these other cultures because little girls wanted to see a representation of themselves and they weren't seeing that. And so growing up, you know, we see people in certain roles and we see that as norm in society. We kind of just accept that and we don't question it. And, you know, we're used to seeing the male with the pretty lady assistant and it's just... That's how it is. That's how it's always been. And so I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, Just because that's how it's been for years. And that's what we're used to seeing. And I think that's it, honestly, because there's nothing about magic
1: that's specifically masculine. And is there anything that we can do to encourage more young women to enter the industry? I think just seeing more women in magic who are great
0: at magic. Women who are performing at a level that is just exceptional. Honestly, I see a lot of women in magic who don't make magic look good. But to be fair, I see a lot of men too. There's a lot of bad male magicians out there. I feel like most magicians are pretty bad. There's some great ones out there. But honestly, I don't really like watching magicians because there's so much bad magic. But I think... Yeah, the way to get more women interested in magic is to represent it and to be great. Just, oh man, I hate seeing women perform bad magic. It really upsets me. Like I'll see some of these girls on it. Upsets you more than seeing men perform bad magic? Yeah, because I feel like it's more representing me and my reputation. I'm like, girl, like. If you saw somebody else doing the exact thing that you're doing, if you watch this video, would you be fooled yourself? Would you be like, oh, my gosh, she's a <laughs> wizard? Or would you be like, oh, yeah, I can tell what she's doing. Like, do you not see it? Why are you like, at least, you know, make friends with somebody in the community who's who's great, who's your idol and send them the video first before you post
1: it like, I don't know. So on the topic of what you've described as bad magic, is that because you come from a performance background and there are magicians that will just do an effect with the routine as it has been prescribed or instructed without actually having the, quote, stage time or performance experience to deliver it, is that where it falls down for you? Like, What, what makes the category of bad magic that clearly makes your heart Twist and turn in a way that scrunches up your face.
0: <laughs> I would say just things that make things really obvious. Like, for example, if I see somebody that's about to levitate something and you see them doing this <laughs> and they post it, it's like, what do what you, why did you think that was a good video? Like, come on. Or they're just like, Holding a card like this for an extended amount of time, staring at it, and then they go like this, and it turns into a watch, and then the video ends. It's like <laughs> it's clearly a gimmick. Like, what? Are you, how is that a magical moment? You're not. You're just throwing away magic at this point. And to be fair, honestly, with the whole pandemic and shutdown, a lot of magicians are forced to make content just for Instagram. They need to push out as much content as possible. They need a quick 15 second video. And so they're not able to put the creativity in there. Uh, Yeah. So when I see stuff like that, it just makes me cringe. I I don't know. I just. I can tell.
1: You're so funny. It sounds like you are overly offended by magic that is just purely a gimmick with no actual heart or creativity beyond the actual visual impact.
0: Yeah, because that's not what magic is to me. It's a magic... You're sharing, like, a whole experience. Like, why don't you at least take the card out of the box first? Why don't you put the watch on your... Like, why are you just showing... Like, are you demonstrating for a magic dealer? Like, are you... Mm,
1: okay. <laughs> oh, my god. oh my god if there was like magic idol i feel like you'd be the greatest judge and critic you'd be awesome you'd be the one that's on the side of the panel that that always goes last and like oh guys over to stacy now careful go <laughs> there oh my gosh you're like <laughs> amazing <laughs> Oh I god, so, you're hilarious. hilarious! Hilarious, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So, have you ever given feedback to anyone that's just done a quick ch- ch- card to watch? Effect? No,
0: I feel like a lot of those people—they're just not trying. They're just putting out content real quick. I don't feel like it just diminishes magic. I feel like it diminishes art in general. Mm. It's like, where is the creativity? Like. I just I love artists, and I love creativity and I love art. and i I think putting your own individuality into things and making things unique and yours and being yourself and being authentic and creating a whole magic experience it is getting lost. And it makes me sad
1: that's true for all forms of performance with the rise of social
0: absolutely. Well, you kind of asked about bad magic, but I think, as you're saying, that's just bad entertainment in general, just bad art in general. So if you're to buy a magic trick and you follow it script for script, I think that's a great place to start. I'm not talking bad about that in general. I'm just saying that to me, it's boring to watch, but I think that's a great place to start. And once you get good and you know that, then make it your own, create your own touch, have fun with it, but start there. That's fine. But don't just keep that same script your whole career and just be like every other magician, like be yourself, have fun with it. People can see that and people sense that. And that's what makes a great entertainer is when you feel like they're not just reading a script if you feel like they're catering towards you and making you feel like a part of it and like you feel like they're this fun, unique person, I think that's what makes great art in general. So
1: not just magic. I love that. What is the energy like in Vegas when you live there? Because when you go as a tourist, it's wild, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I, it's like, you know, the city that never sleeps, there's entertainment everywhere, and you leave. And like, I know I would leave, and I'm like, I need a rest for a <laughs> week. <laughs> How do you balance the crazy, amazing, hectic, intense entertainment energy with life and actually give your spirit what it needs to be calm and balanced so that you can put the right amount of energy back into your performance?
0: Oh, I love that question. Vegas is crazy, it's wild, but it's kind of like, you know, when you live in New York. <laughs> You don't hang out at Times Square. Like you don't. <laughs> yeah, I avoid it. So same thing here with the strip. I do not go to the strip unless I'm going to a specific show or I'll very rarely go out if I have friends in town and they just want to go to the strip so bad. I'll I'll go out there. Take them to the coolest places, of course. But honestly, at this point in my life, just like you, I feel like I am just Gung ho about magic. It's my life. I'm obsessed. I am following my career path, my destiny right now. And that destiny doesn't involve going out and drinking, going out and partying. Like, what am I doing Saturday night? Producing my show, working on magic tricks. Like, I am so lame these days with my social life that I don't even feel like I live in Vegas. When I go out on the strip, I'm like, Oh, this is it's kind of cool because it's very rare. So, when I am out on the strip, I feel like a tourist because I avoid
1: that place.
0: So, yeah, it kind of feels like I just live in a regular city and get the benefits of Vegas when I want and need them.
1: Yeah. Do you see a lot of magic shows? Like, do you take advantage of where you live and do you, do you inhale a lot? Oh, absolutely. of good ones. Let's stepping away from the bad category. <laughs> what magic inspires you?
0: Oh, so magic that's on the strip that inspires me is Xavier Mortimer for sure. He is such a creative mind in magic and he creates all these videos for Instagram that are amazing. He takes time and he creates a whole scene and does incredibly unique things that nobody else has done before. And I have so much respect for him and his show, you know, shows that because he was also Cirque de Soleil performer before he got into magic. And he brings that art into his magic and it's so fun. And then also uh, Mike Hammer, my favorite show, Mike Hammer, he is a, a comedy magician. And what I love about him and his show is it's kind of the vibe that I go for in my show is he it it's such an interactive show. He picks on everybody in the audience and he rips them apart. But he was hilarious. He's one of those entertainers that's like, he's making fun of people and being really brutal. But you're like, me next, me next. He's just so funny and fun. And he's obviously been doing it for a long time. He's really honed it in and
1: he's incredible. So what do you know and love about magic that you wish more people knew? Because obviously, we very easily can look at magic and and trivialize it as just a form of entertainment. But when you're actually practicing, sharing, creating and experiencing it and creating moments of wonder for people, it has such a beautiful depth and a richness to it. So what do you know that you wish more people knew about the power of magic?
0: Well, there's so much to magic. It's like when you're a magician, you're an actor, you're a prop maker, you're a costume designer, you're a script writer, you're a director, you're a producer, you're... There's so much that comes into magic that brings elements of every art form. It's just becoming a magician, I didn't realize how much work went into becoming a great magician. So I think if people knew how much went into becoming a magician, because there's so many skills and there's a lot of social skills because you're not just going up there doing a song and dance and getting off stage. Now you're interacting with the audience and you were doing sneaky things and you're doing this sneaky thing while you have to remember this person's name and you have to remember this person's called and you have to. It's just like so much going on at once that people have no idea about. I think if they knew how much went into it, would have more respect for the craft of magic in
1: general. And now what's the craziest thing that's happened to you through all of your career, whether it was circus performance, whether it's dancing, whether it's pyro or magic, what is the wildest thing?
0: Let's see. For the wildest thing, I mean, I felt like all little things happen. Like, I used to do fire hula hooping and there was one time where um, somebody had like the dip bucket too close and basically what happened is the whole hoop engulfed in flames and melted and started to catch his like bush on fire. (laughs) So that was pretty wild, but anytime we do fire, there's always fire extinguishers and a specific person who was there watching the whole time to put out the fire. That was when I first started and my friends and we were all kind of wild and party days. And so it wasn't like, as, you know, now I'm so professional and so crazy about fire safety that I'm a a little messy when it comes to like fire safety precautions because I've seen so many horror stories. But I mean, performances have, you know, there's just always that crazy drunk person. Like there was one time when I had a gig, it was for a restaurant on Fremont Street in one of the casinos, but apparently they weren't allowed to hire entertainers. So they're like, okay, well, we can't have you in the restaurant apparently because it's not allowed, but we'll just bring the party up to the hotel room and we'll have close up up there. I'm like, okay, cool. So we all get into the elevator and it's so, we're all like this. And then they're all wearing these cowboy hats and they're all so drunk. And they're like, come, come with us. And they're like holding my hand and I'm just like, oh boy. And we get in the elevator and they're like, everybody jump. And I'm like, I'm going to die. And I'm like, this is good. You guys are cool. And I'm like, Yes.
1: Wow. And,
0: um, yeah, it was just like a lot of just crazy drunkenness. Yeah, it's just a lot of crazy yeah. drunkenness where I'm just like oh dear lord but I'm just smiling and I'm like, Yeah, you guys are so
1: fun. Woo! <laughs> You're, like, You're so fun. Please please don't injure me. Please don't squash <laughs> me, please don't hurt me.
0: Yeah, I'm just like I would like I'm to leave a knife. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of people I perform (laughs) for are just drunk and wild. And so I have to fit on their wavelength and in their energy. And that's just kind of what makes a great entertainer is just kind of vibing with their energy and playing off of that. Yeah. Performing for lots of bachelor parties and stuff like that. The first gig I ever did was pretty wild because it was for 10... Ten guys, and they're all like over six foot, super tall, bulky black dudes. I'm this short, little, white girl, and I show up to the gig, and it was me. I brought my friend with me. It was my first ever gig. They had an Airbnb. We show up to the door. And, you know, I have my little top hat on. I'm like, "Yay, my first magic gig! Let's go!" And they're like, "You guys are early." I'm like. Oh, we're about 10 minutes early. Do you mind if we check out the space, setup, up, see what's going to be, you know, best for the magic or best to perform? And they're like, no, you're not. You're like really early. You're not supposed to be here till later tonight. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, this is a contract. We're here to do magic. And they're like, oh, man, we thought you were the strip writers. Yeah, come on in. <laughs> we didn't name it how oh. you're the magician. <laughs> I'm like... That's what it's like being a female (laughs) magician. Wow, dang!
1: You're like, thank you for the compliment.
0: (laughs) But literally, I was trying to top him. It was like, (laughs) but they just weren't used to you know seeing a female magician, and they didn't know there was going to be a magician and society and all I assumed we were there to get naked
1: (laughs) hey hello and on that note what a way to wrap up hey thank you so much you are wonderful I love your ethos of spreading your stardust far and wide thank you so much for coming on it's been a joy and I cannot wait till I come to Vegas and actually meet you in person and hopefully I can uh, get you out for a night to go and see a magic show together absolutely nice to meet you Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much. To learn more about Stacey's magic and secret circus, you can find a link to her website and her social media accounts in the show notes below. Thank you so much for listening and joining our adventure. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and a review because it will absolutely help spread the magic to so many more people. Catch you next episode.